the the reality of God is that he absolutely wants us to be a fruitful people that that's absolutely uh guaranteed he wants us to be fruitful in our lives he wants us to be fruitful as a body he he wants our acts of love to impact the world around us and uh he's absolutely a fact that uh, jesus uh, wants us to know intimacy with him and connection with him and relationship with him and to experience the reality of his kindness and love every day throughout the day and it's also the heart of God that he wants us to be honored by the father that Jesus wants us to be a people that people look at and say wow they they belong to me so it's uh, out of our fruitfulness and, and intimacy with him, Jesus wants us to be honoured that people look at the church, look at us individually and know that we belong to Jesus. The question often is, is how does this happen? How, how do we uh, increasingly become that fruitful people? How do we become that uh, honoured people? How do we actually engage in deeper experiences of intimacy with God? Now, I'm not going to cover absolutely everything um, of how that can happen, but I want to look at uh, one dimension of how we become increasingly fruitful, um, intimate and honoured um, this year. That Jesus in uh, John chapter 12 and verse 24, he, he, he actually makes it clear that <clears throat> to be a fruitful community, there, there needs to be this um, laying down of our lives that that fruit and uh, intimacy and communion and being honored by the father requires us to experience a kind of um, a sacrificial life and a laying down of our life that that the way of fruit <clears throat> and the way of um, honor is actually through a life of surrender and yielding <clears throat> and Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant shall also be. If anyone serves me, the father will honour him. And so we see those phrases there of fruitfulness, being where Jesus is, intimacy, and being honoured that Jesus says the root to that kind of corporate fruitfulness, that kind of root is um, laying our lives down and we could say our mission this year is the same mission as it's been for the church for 2000 years the mission of jesus is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves is what galatians puts it or another way galatians puts it is that faith works through love the mission of the church is to love our neighbor as ourselves um, if you've heard of Mother Teresa, she would say, love the one, 
love the one and love the one. Sometimes we can get caught up with Vision Sundays. It can be full of big numbers and uh, goals and things we're going to build or achieve. But the actual mission of Jesus is actually um, to lay your life down in order to love your neighbor as yourself. And Mother Teresa, who in the end impacted thousands and thousands of people in the slums of Kolkata, just loved the one, loved the one, loved the one. That love ultimately gets expressed by each individual member of the body through a laid down life. And it's interesting in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which is the great chapter on love. If you read through that uh, section in 1 Corinthians 13, there are 15 descriptions of what love looks like. And in each of the descriptions of what love looks like, it, it's clear that it gets made manifest through people uh, being self-sacrificial, forgetting about themselves and surrendering themselves. And I want to just take one of those aspects of 1 Corinthians 13, patience, and talk a little bit about how patience gets made manifest through laying our life down. So what is it? to be patient. Paul says that love is patient and it's the willingness to stick with things, tolerating delay and problems without debilitating annoyance and anxiety. I love that definition, tolerating delay and problems without debilitating annoyance and anxiety. We need patience, don't we, right now, as there's a sense of delay and the unplanned place that we find ourselves in. That love is patient, in, it means that it's long-suffering, that it has this capacity to endure and never quit. Patience is the capacity to be resilient and bounce back, that patience is the capacity to have staying power without blowing up or hitting out. Love is patient. This is a supernatural quality. It's to not be easily provoked, irritated, and angered. So what I'm trying to do this morning is earth a vision Sunday into the really simple idea that how we love our community well is ultimately a supernatural thing that gets expressed in one angle by being patient. So none of us like it when, um, when things are going well and we get interrupted. Yeah, that can provoke us to be impatient. So things are going well and maybe the phone rings or, or we're, we've got some ideas that we're writing down and suddenly there's a knock at the door. None of us likes it to be interrupted when things are going well. We, we become easily impatient when there's delays to our plans that we thought by now. And we said this earlier on, we thought that September was going to be back to normal and we can easily become provoked and irritated and frustrated when there's a delay to our plans. All human beings have a strong craving for a trouble-free life 
and we tend to get irritated when our plans don't work. Like we become irritated and frustrated and impatient when we're in the car and there's traffic, especially when we have an appointment and we have somewhere we need to get to. None of us like it when we're on holiday and suddenly we get a puncture. Um, I remember we were on the way to Disneyland Paris and we were literally um, two minutes from the gate and suddenly this awful noise from the car and there was a nail in the tire. We don't like punctures on the way to Disney. We, we don't like it when we can't sleep and there's a baby crying through the whole night. We become impatient and frustrated when the check that we sent gets lost in the post or the check that was being sent to us gets delayed or lost or the, or the transfer doesn't happen. We all love it and become elated when life flows according to our plans. This is what I plan to do when I plan to do it and it's happening just like I planned. We love it when life is working for our pleasure. And when life doesn't work like that, we feel provoked, frustrated, irritated, and we find ourselves embracing fake power that's becoming angry at the situation. Or when things don't go to plan, we complain and grumble and murmur, or maybe even become critical. So Vision Sunday is getting really earthed into everyday life. And it's interesting that sometimes we're waiting for a feeling of patience to come over us so that we might then be patient. So we, we might pause and say, God, make me patient. Oh, God, give me the capacity to be patient. Now, they're great things to pray. But what if instead of waiting to feel patient, we said this, Jesus said, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it remains alone. Jesus said, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus said, he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to eternal life. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. So what about if we find ourselves delayed or frustrated, we said, do you know what? I'm not going to wait for a feeling of patience to come over me. I'm not waiting for it. In this moment, I choose to lay down my life. I choose to lay down my expectations. I choose to lay down my timing. I choose to lay down the world revolving around my, my goals or my pleasure. And we said, I serve Christ, or we as a local church, we serve Christ. And because I follow Jesus, I choose right now to be patient because love is patient. Love is not easily provoked, irritated or angered. And that's not kind of like, you know, like, it's not just like willpower, like you grit your teeth and say, I'm going to be patient. It's a recognition that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So in that moment, you're pausing and connecting to the reality that he is the vine and you're a branch 
and his life, his grace, his empowerment is flowing in you and can flow through you. And you say, because Jesus is in me, I'm going to connect to the reality of his power in me. And I will, I choose, I tolerate delay. I won't become annoyed. I lay down my life. I, I don't have an entitlement to a life without delay. And I don't have entitlement to a life that's trouble free or a life that's uninterrupted. I embrace the reality of Christ in me and I choose patience. And you could go through 1 Corinthians 13 and you could look at all of those different descriptions of kindness and, and patience. I've said I've told you about this man before, but Viktor Frankl was um, an Austrian Jewish man who was taken to a prisoner of war camp during um, the Second World War and taken to a Nazi prisoner of war camp. And he said this, and I don't even know if this man was a believer, but he said this, everything can be taken away from a man, a person, but one thing, the last of a human freedom to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. So his argument was, and, and think everything, everything was taken away from him, his freedom, his health, his liberty, his studies. Um, he was in, in this prison of war camp for years. But he said, everything can be taken away, but you can't take away my human right to choose my attitude in a set of circumstances. So right now we need supernatural patience. Um, there's, there's a sense in which certain aspects of our liberty and freedom have been taken away from us. But what hasn't been taken away from us is our capacity to choose, for example, patience in the midst of delay or difficulty or, or hardship. That as a community, we can say, you know what? I can't wait for this to be over. I can't wait for the vaccine to, to reach a critical number of people so that we can meet together. I can't wait to life to be restored and be, be back to something like we had before. But in the midst of it, I can choose patience and I can choose to connect to the God of all hope. Nothing can take that away. Nothing can remove that. So to conclude, if we choose to love radically, to love our neighbour as ourself, if we choose to lay our lives down for other people, to love them, but we don't actually have an inflow of love into our own heart and life, will eventually run dry. Like if we just choose to love this way, the one Corinthians way, love is, without an inflow of love, eventually we will run dry. That to, to love radically, to love our neighbour as ourself, to choose to give away our lives to one another, to our families, to lay down our rights, to choose patience, if we're to love in that way, we always need a certain amount of love in our account. But what if when it came to love, we were independently wealthy? Let me explain this. For example, in the world of money, say, for example, we choose to be generous with our money and we, we choose to every time there was a knock at the door, you know, for a charity, we said, you know what, I'm going to support 
this charity, that charity, the church, my neighbor, my friends, my family, and we chose to give away financially. Most, I think for all of us on this call, there would come a limit to our generosity. There would come a point where we couldn't give any more because we had run out of money. But what if we were independently wealthy? What about if we were so wealthy that as much as we were giving away, the interest on our wealth just kept topping it all up? We were independently wealthy. We could be radical financially in a way that most people can't be. Imagine you, you inherited billions and the interest on the billions was millions and you, you just you had to employ people like Bill Gates does just to give the money away. That you'd have to read books upon books upon books just to know where to pour your finances out. That you, you would be maybe limited in your ability to be generous by your imagination and the people that you knew. So that's what it means to be independently wealthy. Now, the believer, the Christian, the church is actually independently wealthy in terms of love. That you and I are connected to the, the person who is the God of love. That God is completely patient and God is completely kind and God is completely faithful and God is completely loving and joyful. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. So what if we really knew that right now we were as loved as loved could be? What right now that you just knew you were loved by God completely, like you just believed it because it's true. But imagine you really believed it, that you could really love your neighbor as you love yourself because you know you're really loved, that in every conversation you would just be giving and you wouldn't be looking to try and be clever and you'd be really listening and present and you wouldn't be thinking what clever remark can I add into this so they think I'm really intelligent and imagine that you just were so secure in your identity and who you are and in your personhood that you were just living in just a real wonderful sense of freedom that that's possible for the believer so suddenly you're independently wealthy, your sense of self and your worth and your expectations for the future would have nothing to do with becoming or achieving or doing, but all to do with the fact that you're as loved as love could be. What if you really, really understood that you were loved by God, even if you fail, that you're always completely loved? Like, on a good day you're loved and on a bad day you're loved and when that thing you thought you'd overcome pops up again and you think oh no that again but you just knew you were loved so you didn't fall into judging yourself without mercy and there was a, a sense of kindness to yourself because you received the kindness of God then you're independently wealthy in love now imagine a whole community that knows they're independently wealthy in love that you know a whole bunch of people who were loving one another and then loving the world, the one, the one, the one, the one, laying their life down. Yeah, being real. Now, th this is a preach on its own because there's other things in the Bible that says we need to grieve. And there's a whole book called Lamentations. So 
There's a whole book about being real with God, real with one another about our pain. This is not stoicism or pretending we don't feel. This is one aspect. But imagine a whole community that was full of patience, receiving God's love together and individually, independently wealthy, able in any set of circumstances to choose one's attitude regardless of circumstances. Then we would be able to love, be patient, be kind out of the abundance of love, patience and kindness we are receiving. So vision for 2021 is not about how big the church is going to be by the end of the year. It's not about a building project. It, it, it's not about a project or a, or a program we're going to launch and do. It's about the kind of people we're becoming. If we could take anything from this pandemic, anything that shapes our vision, is that, you know what, things can touch us so we can't meet together, so we can't count how many numbers are coming. Things can touch us so that we can't necessarily have certain programs and projects. But what it's revealed is the only thing that honestly matters is individually being recipients of the love of God. The only thing that ultimately matters is loving our neighbour as ourself and being those who receive the love of God. And I, I want to conclude with this. What does it mean for you to love your neighbour as yourself? I remember hearing a story about a man who moved to North Africa and for him to love the world really, really well meant he laid down his career and he got dirty in the dust and helped people build roads. That was how he loved really well. Other people love really well by incredible research projects, engineering, coming up with vaccines, different things, music, the arts, intelligence, teaching. Loving the world really well is, is through a body and each part of the body knowing who they are. That's how we love really well. Be who God made you to be. Be, as it were, like molten lava being poured into a mold by Christ. And that Christ saying, this is how I made you to love your neighbor as yourself. Let God love you deeply and dearly. Let him be kind to you, patient with you, tender with you, faithful with you. Be independently wealthy in terms of love. And as a community, let's make it our business to be a community that together we love one another really well and, uh, and that together we love the world really well. The one, the one, the one, the one. And that's the vision. I think that's the vision going to be the vision for the church in pandemics, out of pandemics, when we can meet, when we can't meet, that we're independently wealthy and we love the world radically and generously.